<laughs> this is Sammy Terry, and if you're like me, you love to be scared smithless. Well, make sure you check us out. If you don't, oh, I'll come find you. And when you experience the scares that you'll have, it's sure to give you many pleasant nightmares. <laughs> Bitten by a werewolf and lives, becomes a werewolf himself. Not time for one more story. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I bid you welcome. Sometimes that is better. She came home. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Wendy. Darling, light of my life. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Welcome to season two. Boy, we it's have been a while. Yes, it has. Had a little bit of a break. But, uh. Ax- absence makes the heart grow fonder. I, I truly hope that all of you uh, scared Smithless. Scared Smithlessers? Scared Smithlessers. You missed us. Haven't said that in a while. I know. Yeah. We kept you waiting, but we got some good stuff for you now. That's yeah. all you could talk about while we were gone. Believe it or not, it actually takes quite a bit of work to put a podcast together. I know. And uh, I was just thinking this. Like, I saw Dak Shepard and Kristen Bell. Mm-hmm. They have a podcast now. I'm like thinking. Really? Yeah, but like, what's it called? Wait, is that not enough though? I mean, you've already been on TV, and why are you entering our realm? When is enough enough? Right, and you know they're not editing. Share some. That's true for the little guy. Yeah, just like we've seen you enough. You have enough. I'm guessing they don't break down horror movies though, or probably not. Probably do any of the editing of their own podcast. Oh yeah, no. But we digress. So today. We have a good one for you. Yeah. As we enter our favorite month of the year, October, theme of the month of October, Happy Halloween. Oh. We are covering James play on words. Wan films throughout the month of Halloween, leading up to uh, the release of Halloween Kills, the new Halloween movie. Ooh. Yes, that would be cool. And we may do a, a live covering of that, correct? Yeah, I think I think that's the plan. Yeah, I think we we're going to go see it and then come yep. back and record. Cool. Now, Fresh take. This James Wan fellow, um, did he do all the Conjurings or just this one? I believe he just did the first one. Directed. Yes, directed. He was, yes. a, he was a producer. of. He's been executive producer? Yes. Um, of all of the films in the Conjuring universe, but... He also worked on Saw, the Saw franchise. Yep. Him and Lynn Wanell. Yep. I wonder if he had a hand in that brand new one with uh, Chris Rock. I don't think he did. Hmm. I bet he saw some money come his way for I that, though. I guarantee you he did. <laughs> he said, you better pay up. Yep. James Wan, also uh, writer and director of the first Insidious movie. 
Correct. And then on the production team for the Insidious franchise. Yeah. Stay tuned. Could you imagine like the bedtime stories he would he probably tells his kids? I bet they're the better than stories he probably got when he was a kid to develop that kind of mind. I know. Good. But they're better than the bedtime story that M. Night Shyamalan supposedly told his kid. That led to Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water, yeah. The travesty that is Lady in the Water. Why? Why? It's horrible. I've never seen that in theater. It's like water dogs or something. I I felt like I needed a a bath or a shower after that. Was was that Paul Giamatti in that movie? Yes. Unfortunately. I love Paul Giamatti. He's like, like, finally, I get to be in an M. Night Shyamalan movie. (laughs) And it sucks. Um, 2016, The Conjuring movies are based on the real-life accounts of legendary demonologist, paranormal investigators, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Correct. There's some speculation behind them, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. there's people that are just, just by hook, line, and sinker everything they say, and then there's people that just, eh, not so much. And I also wonder, instead of, like, 5,000, they investigated over 5,000? Supposedly, yeah. All right, see, that's a, that's a, that's, well, I mean, come up with a pretty good story in that amount of, well, yeah. sure. People paid them. Yep. $2,000. <laughs> Your house wasn't even haunted. It was the floorboard. We'll send you a bill. <laughs> yeah. Bill's in the mail. Yeah. Um, 2016. When this movie first came out, I remember going to see this movie with you, Craig, mm-hmm. in the theaters. Yes, sir. And it was an experience. Let yeah. me say, a lot of uh, a lot of screaming in the theater. Oh yeah, most of um, it from me, mostly from Tyler. Yeah. And uh, I, the one thing I appreciate about James Wan is he is the king of the jump scare, and and normally I'm not a big fan. I feel like jump scares are cheap at times yes. in horror movies. He's if they're I'm done right, if this. they're done, it's it's like a, a subtle jump scare where it's not yeah. music. It's not the first thing that you see, you know, flashes up on screen. It's like it it's an earned jump scare. Yes. His where jump like it's, it's, it's are, in, it's already in the, in the scene and you have to look to see it. Yes. They're, they're not lazy. Right. Yeah. Um, and you definitely see that in the Conjuring movies and there's, there's the, the music drop. That right. Him. Occasionally. Yeah. But, but it's usually after you've already seen the thing. It's earned, though. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they've there's a lot of build-up to them. And so, as effective of jump scares as you're going to get. So, if, if you are a fan of that type of horror and you're not familiar with James Wan films, highly recommend. 100%. You'll feel like you just finished a workout. Yes. I'm tired. I, I bet I've seen this movie... Yeah, all the way through probably ten times. Yeah, I've and seen it, I, it still gets me several times, and it's yep. still effective. Did this win any awards or anything like that? Nope, nope. nothing. Really? Nope. It's the classic horror taboo that the Academy is just notoriously not not fans of horror movies. It's hard. Once in a great while, you'll see one that gets the attention of the Academy, like Titanic. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's a horror movie. Hmm. It was for the people on the boat. Yeah, it was. Yep. No gracias. Um, so let's jump in. We start off watching what, what turns out to be a documentary, a, right. a filming of Ed and Lorraine Warren interviewing these young girls about 
It's an end movie documentary that becomes a its own movie spinoff. Yeah, <laughs> so you understand like it's hard for me to explain. Right, so it, it starts off with a close up of the creepiest doll I've ever seen in my life. No one buy that for their kid. Nobody, nobody in their right mind. People are still used to. People are now used to seeing this doll. Anyone that's seen these movies. But try to think back to the first time you saw this movie. This is why would you make an abomination like this as a child's toy? No, it's awful. Like, how did it even like? How did it pass? Didn't they do like an inspection on like a toy inspection? Quality control. Is this gonna, yeah. Is this gonna freak the kid out or will it make him money? <laughs> Both. Both. <laughs> Kaching. So these young girls who are nurses talk about they moved into an apartment. And did it say how they got this doll? Um, the one girl will just it give talks, it as a gift, maybe. It explains it in the the spinoffs where, yeah. and it's actually this is true, where a mother got it for her daughter as a gift, um, and she's a a nursing student, right? And um, the doll itself. You know, we're not going to get into this, but the doll itself was actually a Raggedy Ann doll. Right, in real life, yes. Which doll. I think is even scarier <laughs> because it's like, it's more ubiquitous than a already demonically possessed looking doll. Right. Um, oh, yeah, I remember those things. Yeah. Raggedy Ann. Yeah, any rational thinking person is going to stay away from this doll. Right. If you get that for your kid, you don't love them. You don't. <laughs> There's no way. The Raggedy Ann or the, the Annabelle doll? Either. <laughs> Either. So these girls talk about how when they moved into their new apartment, there was what they came to believe was a ghost of a young child named Annabelle. This ghost had told them that she had died in this apartment Mm -hmm. and they felt sorry for her. And the doll asked if it could. Basically asked if it could move in. Move in to the the Annabelle, to the doll. Right. So that it could live with these right. girls. Yeah, and so and they I, invited it to... They gave it permission. They gave it permission. Yeah, Thank as you. long as she's coming up with rent. <laughs> first <laughs> month's going to be here next week. You sure? You, we're not prorating it either. <laughs> so once they invite this quote-unquote ghost into this doll, nope. it starts um, messing with things around the apartment. And it shows them come home one night and... Um, the doll's sitting on the floor in the hallway when they left it in the spare room. It's holding red crayon in its hand, yep. and there's a note, a rip, uh, a torn out piece of paper that reads, "Miss me?" Question mark. Right. Nope. And then they open the door to the bedroom where she was staying, and they, the doll, basically ruined their security deposit. Oh yes, yeah. that's definitely gone. Drew all over the <laughs> ceiling. Yeah, it's gone. And we yeah. just talked about rents, dude. <laughs> yeah. This is how you repay us? Yep. We could have left you out there. That's coming right out of your first and last yep. month's rent. I mean, yeah, so it's, it's covered the walls and the ceiling in red crayon. So they get rid of it. Yep. Throw they it in the trash. In the dumpster, throw it in the dumpster along with the note. That night they wake up to something knocking on the door. And when they open Not the door. knocking, it's pounding on the door. Yeah. Um, they answer the door and the note that says, miss me written in red crayon is laying at, uh, right outside the door. It's the same one. Cause it's crumpled up. Yep. And it's then they unfolded knocking at the door in the hallway. Like at that point, again, this is, this is where these movies lose me sometimes. Like you think about that situation. You've got two girls that are scared already. 
that this happens, I can almost see opening the door to see who's there. Okay. And then you see this note that clearly you threw out, you threw in the dumpster. And then there's a pounding at the door in the hall in your apartment. Now at that point, I'm out. I'm not answering the door. Oh, I'm yeah. not opening that door. But of course, they they open the door, and it doesn't show what you see. But it was it was the doll, obviously. Yeah. And so Ed and Lorraine Warren explained to them in this interview. Let me see if I get this right because this kind of goes a long way into the movie. This was not a ghost. It was demonic. You were dealing with something demonic, and you just said, "Yeah, come on in." Yeah, it did not possess the doll because demons can't possess objects it was manipulating it, was it. using it as a conduit and right. moving it around to give the impression of possession right it was trying to possess one of you correct yep so that's already terrifying that's how we start the movie right so then we cut and it shows that all of this was on the projector video that they're showing to a, a, a class in a college i think the year of that film was 1968 and um, this is 1971 when the film takes place. Okay. How do I get in on that class? So, Paranormal research class? Right. That'd be awesome. Kind of. Ed and Lorraine Warren, uh, played by Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. They do a great job. They do. Yep. Now, all, all of these movies, I think they do really well. Um, I'm a big fan of both of these actors. I've seen Oscar them. nominee Vera Farmiga. That's right. Oh. Okay. For the Descendants? Mm, hear that or Up in the Air? One of the two. I don't, I don't know if I've seen either. Oh, I don't think she was. The Descendants. <laughs> I know she plays on Bates Motel. Oh, she, yeah. She's the mom. <laughs> yeah. Norma. Yeah. Norma Jean. <laughs> Sound like you really enjoyed her performance in that, John oh, Tell. I did. Yeah. I think she ends up, or something like, murders her, though. Well, that's... How the story goes. Cuts her skin off of words that are around the house on his birthday. I don't know about that. I don't know if that's accurate. Oh, she's with child. Oh. I guess that was 11 years ago. Was she even in The Descendants? Am I confused? I think I think you are. Oh. Sorry. It's okay. You're allowed to be wrong once. And then you get things thrown at you. Patrick Wilson, obviously, of the Insidious universe as well. Oh, yeah. Yep. He's he's in that too, mm-hmm. and he's uh, James Wan directed the Aquaman movie. Oh, there you go, and the villain. He's yep, the villain. he's he's in that too. So he's a he he's a a Wan favorite. So this is just our opening to kind of explain what Ed and Lorraine do. They're these these renowned paranormal investigators that are married. Hmm. Um, they have a daughter um, who we, comes into play later in the film. We cut to the Perrin family. Yes. Um, Moving into a what looks like a nice country house. Well, yeah. Say that with yeah. me. A Perrin. <laughs> Heller. God. You're so stupid. Roger and Carolyn. Ron Livingston and Lily Taylor. Ron Livingston of Office Space fame. Yes. You know what I was thinking? You said I thought of Sean Livingston. What? What's <laughs> like, he was in this? What do you say you do here? <laughs> Lily Taylor, I know her from The Haunting. Yes. 1997, I think. She's one of those actresses, I can't decide if she's beautiful or if she's kind of like middle of the road. Yeah. Kind of like Hilary Swank. Yes. That's how Although I put her in that ballpark. Yeah. 
go either way. Was she in Fargo? Definitely not ugly. I don't think she is. I feel like that's the woman in the Fargo. movie or the show. The movie. I know she wasn't You're in the movie. You're thinking of Frances McDormand. Yeah. Ooh, what you got there? Uh, okay. Also quite unattractive. Yes. Okay, well, that that's where I'm getting mixed up. because they Someone sick. found her attractive in that movie and they knocked her up. Yeah, true. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> they have, uh, what, 13 daughters, I think? <laughs> there are young girls running rabbits. all over the place in this yep. movie. Gosh. And if that excites any of you, I don't mean it like that. No, they have what five daughters, I think. No, they are all they are all very much clothed and very much underage, right. well, except for maybe one of them no, is older. I but do not. Either way, me. Craig said this. I, they all do well. I don't, I'm, I'm not yeah. familiar with any of these actresses. I, I'm not either. I've never seen job. them. They're very yeah. convincing. Yep. This was well acted. Um, I agree. Which is often not common in horror movies, but this was well acted. I thought that helped. With the overall effectiveness of the film, agreed. Um, so they have a, not not thirteen. They have what, five daughters, four something like four five. or five daughters. Yeah. So there's <laughs> Roger and there's swimming uh, in estrogen. Bunch of females. Yes. They move into this country house. Um, seem to be a very loving family. Roger, we eventually find out, is a truck driver. So at times he's away from home. Um, they're moving in. There's pretty, pretty cool uh, one take here. Oh yeah, the one where it's like it's. It's just a solid, or at least it looks like a solid one take from them grabbing a box, going in, goes under someone carrying a sofa. Yeah, through the house. Through the house. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty good. Cool. A pretty good layout of the house. Does it go upstairs on this one take, or is that? I can't remember. We get, at not. least of the main floor, we get a very good. Yes. And a lot of times these one takes, that's what they're for, so right. that you can really get the, the lay of the land right. normally in like a house or something. And like it's that. in a... It's like a walking speed, so you can kind of feel like you're there. Mm-hmm. You're walking yep. through the house. Yeah, so it helps you with logistics and uh, how long it takes to get size. from place to place. Right, right. right. Yeah. So that was that was um, it was it was I an effective shot. Yep. yep. Um, seemed like a very loving family. Anybody yep. notice he's carrying around that night as they're unpacking? He's carrying around one pizza, and he's <laughs> yeah. telling I, his daughters, "I'm, hey, think, I'm you, thinking that's the the leftover pizza." <laughs> I would hope so, because he says, is anybody going to eat the rest of this? I hate to waste It's expensive pizza. feeding you girls. Yeah. First of all, how is one pizza feeding a family of seven? Right. Second of all, how do they have leftovers? <laughs> yes. And they are growing girls. They clearly did not yep. come from the Smith family. No. Good grief. No. If the three of us were ordering pizza, we'd have to get two. At least. And there wouldn't be leftovers. <laughs> no. 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 Yeah, little things like that, particularly involving food, usually grab my attention. I, wish I consider that a massive blooper in this film. Yes. I'm like wondering what kind of, was it Papa John's? It wasn't Papa John's. <laughs> was <laughs> that even around Jeff back then? Schnapp- How do you say that guy's name? John. <laughs> How do you say that guy? Papa. Papa, anyway. <laughs> they, they kicked him out. Yeah. <laughs> He's not even in the company anymore. No. What a, what a loser. Didn't he have pictures of little kids or something? No, he got really racist. No, that was Jared. Yes. He got really, really racist on camera. That was Subway Jared. Come on. He's from Carmel. What is That's with fast food Carmel. restaurants and pedophilia? <laughs> this might get edited out. Sorry. <laughs> um, so that night they, they discover um, in one of the closets there's a boarded up wall. And behind the wall is a, a basement. We had this conversation. What is the difference between a basement and a cellar? They call it a cellar. That is an excellent then, question. Wait, a cellar has wine in it. 
No, it does not. Well, it can. That's not what defines it. Dumbass. Canned vegetables. Um, anyway, doors. so they apparently have this um, basement that they didn't know was there. Right. I guess you find out later they won this house at auction, so maybe they didn't have all of the specs on it. I yeah. would still think they had to jump it on it. Right. If your house had a full basement. Like or two cellar. Maybe you wouldn't. If it was a cellar, maybe they didn't have to disclose. Maybe that's the difference. If it's a basement, you have to disclose. <laughs> if it's a cellar, you don't. All right. By definition, a basement is the floor of a building which is partially or entirely below ground level. A cellar is a room below ground level in a house. Oh, okay. That is often used for storing wine or coal. So Shut up, John. <laughs> So a cellar is more of just a room. Right. It is a used for a specific is more purpose. A full right. space. So this would be a basement, then, right? Yeah. How do you not know you have a, a full so, basement? So, so a, cellar, a cellar. So a cellar is used for a specific cellar. reason. Gotcha. Okay, that's a movie scene right there. <laughs> um, we didn't mention this. They have a dog, it, it is, and um, it's holding stuff. The dog refuses to come inside the new their new house. Yeah, that should have been a red flag. Right. The dad's like pulling it by its collar, and the dog is sitting on the porch, refusing to go inside, just whimpering. So he's leaves it outside. Okay, fine, stay out here and starve for all I care. Yeah. yeah, I saw a post. Let me see. Actually, Sorry. That, that dog got out early. It was it was a lucky one. Anyway, essentially, it's um, I don't trust a person that doesn't like dogs, and likewise, I don't trust uh, a person that a dog doesn't like. That's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. Or homes or... Right. The dog won't go in. Something's okay. up. So, that night... I think first night goes off without a hitch. uh Then doesn't the dog disappear? Well, so yeah. they wake up the next morning and uh, Carolyn realizes that all of the clocks in the house have stopped at 3.07 a.m. She's got a nasty bruise on the back of her leg. Uh, yeah. She doesn't know how she got a, a bruise, but yeah. Could have been from Hanky Panky the like night before. Deep purple. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like I feel like yeah. she got hit with a bowling ball. Was that? Did she complain about it hurting or anything? Uh, I think that's how she found it. I think she's uh, like, what? What's I hurting? Her husband yeah. noticed it on her. Yeah, there. Um... Well, she said. She said. Speaking of which, what did you do to me last night? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Told you it's from the Hanky Panky. <laughs> um. They find the dog outside dead the next morning. Red flag number two. Right. Yeah, that's go in now. It's not alive. That's a uh, true story, or or part of that's true. It didn't die the way that they found it, but it actually it was chained up because it didn't want to come inside, mm-hmm. and then it jumped over the fence and hung itself. What? Yeah. Why didn't they put that part in the movie? I don't know. That would have been that would have been gnarly. Peter wasn't going to let that happen. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> You can have, we will allow you to have a dead dog in this film, but we can't allow you to let it hang itself. The girls, the daughters like to play a game called hide and clap, which I didn't know about before I saw this movie. I didn't either. Would have no desire to play this game. Kind of like hide and seek, but you're blindfolded. Yeah, you, you blindfold the person that's it, and then they get to call out for clap. So every, um, they say they get three... They get to call out for a clap three times. Every When they call out for a clap, everyone that's hiding has to clap. And that helps the blindfolded person uh, have an idea of where the person... I don't really understand it, though. That defeats the purpose of even having to hide. Right. 
it's it's more like Marco Polo. Yeah, it's one. It's, it's, yeah, it's like a demented game of Marco Rocky. Polo. Yes. Yeah, it is. That's weird. It's Marco Polo for people who don't know how to swim. <laughs> what, what an idiot! Yeah, only dog pedal. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason hide and seek is much more well known than this stupid game. Right. Anyway, that comes into play later. But the first, uh, let's see, the following night, I think one of the daughters. I'm gonna struggle, I'm gonna struggle with names. Um, let's just number them. Yeah, daughter number one, <laughs> kid one, kid two, yeah, and kid three. Yeah, the family notices um, weird smells in the house, like rotting meat that comes and goes. One of the girls, I'm just, I'm, I don't know that I'm going in order here. You guys have to help me out, but um, the movie was filmed. There's just different things that are happening, different weird, odd things that are happening. One of the girls, one of the younger girls, I think, um, when she's in bed, like something invisible force like keeps grabbing her foot and right. pulling on her while she's in bed. She keeps thinking it's her sister who's in um it's like sleeping in the six feet away from her. Too. Yeah. Right. right. Um let's see, they hear knocking sounds around the house. Um just your pretty standard haunted house. Yeah. Terrifying stuff. Yeah. Um you never I mean nothing ever shows up. I think the first where things really start to get messed up was when uh, the girl again is getting pulled in her bed, like yanked yep. by the foot towards the foot of her bed. Um, Further than she was. The she second night, yeah, the second night that this happens, Roger has gone out. He's out on a on a trucking run. Yep, yep. He's a and a, a yeah, so he's gone, and she gets. Pulled hard enough to really wake her up, and she realizes it's she, it's not her sister because her sister's sleeping in her bed. So she looks under the bed, nothing, but the door in the bedroom. I couldn't see anything. Right, Can we see, see anything? I didn't see a single thing. Yeah, behind her door, she is seeing something. No, but when she's looking under the bed, the door starts closing moving yes. yeah or it's moving one so more she wakes her right. sister up and her sister can't see anything behind the door and she says there's something standing behind the door that's that was pretty yeah scary i was gonna say like if i'm her sister why didn't they think to turn the light on that's the first thing you do yeah. turn that light on sometimes so you don't want to see the door it. ends up slamming the girls scream so roger and carolyn come running into the room to calm down the girls, the girl that was seeing something behind the door says there was something behind the door. It was talking to me and it said it wants my family dead. Okay, so as soon as my daughter says that, she she's either getting medicated or taken to a psychiatric hospital. She, um, another of the younger daughters has been sleepwalking and she walks into the older sister's room. And there's a, a very large armoire. Like yeah, armoire or wardrobe. Yep. Armoire. That um, was in, they say, was in the house when they moved in. So it's in the oldest daughter's bedroom. The younger daughter walks into the older daughter's room and is just walking slowly, head first into this yeah. armoire, into the doors of this armoire. And so it's obviously making a knocking sound when her head's bumping up against it. Right. Um, That'd be terrifying to wake up to. So she, like the older daughter comes and gets her dad. He puts her to bed. Um, 
And her dad's hearing stuff too. Yeah, so and he's, he's hearing stuff downstairs. Right. So he goes upstairs to see if it's coming from upstairs and the, the oldest daughter is standing at the top of the stairs. And this is all happening over, over several nights. This is right. not all on the same night. Right. I'm just trying to get us up to speed on the things that are happening to this family that have started to happen to this family. Uh, during the day, birds fly into the windows and yeah. kill themselves, which, I don't so know, we probably true. all experience that happening, but right. it happens all the time here. Shouldn't have cleaned the window so good. Yeah. That's another red flag, though. What, birds what, flying birds into, into the, the house? Window? And your dog dying and not wanting to come to the house? Dog hanging itself? Well, about that armor, mm-hmm. I was thinking, was that built into the wall? No, I don't okay. think so. I think it was, it was no. loose, but it's just... Old and heavy. If it was built on the wall, it. it wouldn't be an armoire. Yeah, it'd be a closet. <laughs> <Good point. laughs> um, one day, uh, the older girls are at school, so mom, uh, Carolyn, is home alone with the youngest daughter, April, who's not, apparently not in school yet. Whatever and reason. She says she's talking to her friend, Rory. Yep. Who she's, we can't see. No. we found She found a music box, like an old-timey music box that has a mirror in the lid that spins around while it's playing music. And she tells her mom... Uh, my friend Rory, when um, you play the music and look in the mirror, you can see him behind you. No. No. Again. Yeah. Taking that away from her. Yep. Yep. You're grounded. <laughs> Forever. We don't even talk about stuff like this. Um, she wants to play a game of hide and clap with her mom. So it's just the two of them playing. So she puts the blindfold on her mom. She goes and hides. And Lorraine follows the the claps that she's asking for and it leads her into the oldest daughter's bedroom and we see behind her so she's blindfolded so she can't see anything obviously the doors of the armoire slowly open yeah mm-hmm. and she hears them so she thinks that's where she's at so she asks for the third clap and you see two hands come out of the armoire from behind the clothes and clap no, i did not yep. like that at all yep so She's moving toward the armoire. She's l- trying to, just about the time she gets to where she's pulling the clothes to the side so she can check behind the back of the armoire her, what her daughter comes in from another room. Says, oh, I was I was hiding in... In Nancy's room. Right. You weren't even close. So, John Tell, <coughs> whose hands were those? I don't know. And I feel like Satan. I think they're Rory's hands. She didn't question. I mean, I guess she did question the situation when she realized her daughter was right behind her. But I felt like I would have been giving that whole thing another once over. And I don't feel like the parents are really communicating. I guess they're all having different experiences. But you don't think you'd be talking to your wife or your husband, letting them know, hey, I just saw or this is the experience we had in Janie's bedroom earlier. Right. Well, he is a truck driver, so he if he's out on the road for days or you know a week at a time, it's not right. like they have cell phones. Oh, true. And yeah. He's not trying to hear that. They probably. It's <laughs> like whatever. This is why I'm gone for a week. As soon as we had our fifth daughter, I realized I was going to be an over-the-road truck driver. Yep. Have fun at home, honey. Worked out great. I hardly ever see him. <laughs> and when still I married though. Love being married. Yeah, I want to. Buy one pizza. They don't even eat the whole thing. <laughs> I can eat on the whole pizza for the week. Yeah. That was like a, Chicago, a New York style. That sucker was huge. Yeah. It looked good. Um, in and around this time, we get some more background on Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, Ed is showing a newspaper reporter around his house. He has an entire room full of 
cursed, objects that have cursed. been used yes by demons yes. like the like the Annabelle doll cursed objects and he specifically told this reporter don't touch anything while yeah. you're in here it could be cursed no eye contact do, do they have to tell you that twice don't tell no you wouldn't even be in that room no no why is this room even in your home right he he told you why he didn't hear him i mean go get a shed <laughs> he says well so the annabelle doll is also in this room locked up in a glass case um the guy asks, well, says, why don't you just incinerate yeah, all this? why don't you just burn all of this stuff instead of keeping it? And he says... Because the spirits are attached to all these objects. And if they're burned, then they separate from the objects. He says, sometimes it's best to leave the genie in the bottle. But I thought demons couldn't possess objects. I thought no, they, could they can attach themselves people. to things. That's how... That's, that's what so curses weird. are. And all the while he's saying this, the dude's trying to touch something that he... A monkey. Right, yeah. He said, nothing in here is a toy, even the toy monkey. Yeah, he was dumber than the old man on the blob. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's oozing down towards my hand. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not turn the stick back. So oh, yeah. Ed says we have a priest come in once a month and bless the room. Sounds expensive. Oh, did you say three times a day? <laughs> right. I, you must have said three times a day, right? <laughs> once a month doesn't seem nearly enough. Right. It's right. Considering... Everything in that room. We have a priest right. on retainer that's here three times a day. Yeah. He actually stays in the shed it's where we should keep this stuff. He has a cot in the demon room. Yes. What does he do back there? Yeah. Don't, yeah. <laughs> and don't touch his cot either. It's not cursed. He just doesn't like it. The priest is back in the room looking at the reporter. Call the police. <laughs> <laughs> um, so everything kind of reaches ahead. On the night when, um, so Roger's out, he's on his way back from a, a trucking run. Um, Lorraine wakes up. Does something wake her up? Do something specific wake her up? Does she have a dream? I don't. She wakes up. It doesn't yeah. matter. She wakes up. Um, she's hearing. No, she wasn't asleep. She wasn't in bed yet, but she hears, um, a clapping sound. So she. Thinks her girls are playing hide and clap. And she, so she walks into the hallway saying, girls, it's way past your bedtime. But they're not out in the hallway. So she checks on all of the girls in their bedrooms and they're all sleeping in their beds. Right. And then she hears the clap again coming from downstairs. Right. I'm staying upstairs. Yeah. John Tell's not trying to chase the clap around. No. It'll still be there in the morning. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it will. That's a good rule of thumb. Stay away from the clap. Um, all the pictures on the wall fall to the ground. Somehow this didn't wake up everyone in the house. So wow, they got solid wood doors. That wouldn't wake you up, would it? I guess. Yeah, no, it would. Carolyn, uh, so she goes downstairs. She's terrible about looking for an intruder in her house, which is what she thinks it is now. Right. Who's Who there? Right. Yeah. I'm going to shut you in here. Yep. So she's still hearing noises. She's hearing clapping still going on. Um, the sound leads her to the basement. There's an old piano in the basement. And from upstairs, she hears the a couple of keys being pushed on, dum, the, dum, yeah, on the piano down in the, the basement. Yeah. 
So, of course. She's she's dumb for even going down. So, she goes down to the basement, asks who's down there from the steps, goes about halfway down. Um, She then yells, whoever's down there, I'm locking you in. Why? Why would you say that? Just do it. Yep. She gets to the top of the stairs. The door slams in her face and knocks her all the way down the stairs. That looked painful. Yeah, that did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, like you said, it looked like a... The old lady from Leprechaun going yeah, down she the she broke stairs. her neck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Granted, she's not an old lady. Right. So, so she goes... She's a little more pliable. So the, the, there's a single light bulb lighting the basement. She's look, She's now at the bottom of the stairs of the basement looking around. And um, a rubber ball comes out from behind some boxes. Yep. Nope. It's tossed out. Gone. Yep. So she goes running back up the stairs. Uh, she So she goes up the stairs and at the same time, the only light bulb providing light in the basement bursts. So she's in complete darkness. She lights a match. There's a box of matches. She lights up a match and she's looking down the stairs. This was really hard to watch when, when the first time when yes. you don't know what's going to happen. It's so tense. Right. Here's my thing, though. If that's me, I'm just bracing myself. I'm ready to fight. But if you, what are you doing when you light up a match? You know. Okay, it's dark, right? So whatever's there, you can't see it, but it also can't see you. So what are you doing by lighting a match? Other than... You're showing it where you're at. Right. And you know what I... <sighs> A big thing that, that a big problem I have with movie studios is they have the final say on what goes in the trailer. True, and this was shown in the trailer. It was in the trailer. You're and right. That upset me. Still, it, you're right. It still got it me. It would have been better. Right. It still got me. But, but it, the 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 effectiveness of this shot. So I mean, picture this. So this is she's at the top of these steps. She's locked down here. Um, she's at the top of these steps where she just saw movement, like a ball getting tossed down right. in the basement. There's no light whatsoever. She's lighting a match and trying to hold it out in front of her so she can barely see, like, going down two or three steps in front right. of her right. while she's at the top of the steps. And the shot is from over her shoulder from behind looking down. Right. So you're basically seeing what she's seeing, right? Yeah. Right. And you're just waiting on something to come flying through the darkness mm-hmm. at her. Oh, that was a, that was that was effective. Yeah, we keep using the word effective, but it—I mean, it really it was. Is. There was a lot of in this movie that that just worked because of the way it was shot, or the way that it was framed, or the way that it was mixed, the way the sound was mixed. Edited whatever you know, whatever it was, just it was it was well done in, in a lot of ways. This is the scene that everyone's seen from the trailer, though. She then hears a whisper. Hey, want to play hide and clap? So she starts screaming, pounding on the door, trying to get out. At the same time, upstairs, the oldest daughter wakes up to a, a, a thumping sound again. She looks down at the other side of her room, and her younger sister is again sleepwalking. And lightly bumping her head into right. the doors of the armoire. So, How does that not wake you up? Right. So she comes over and gets her little sister, lays her down. Well, if you're sleepwalking, right. a lot of times it's you don't wake up very easily. Right. Yes. I mean, you're hitting your head on the door, though. Right. So mm-hmm. she gets her sister. She lays her down. Um, she says, here, you can sleep with me tonight. So she lays her down. And all of a sudden she hears the... Knocking again, coming from the armoire. So the same sound, but obviously the sister's not banging her head against the door now. So she slowly walks over to the armoire, opens up the doors. There's nothing there. At this time, her younger sister sits up in the bed, and she turns around. And on top of the armoire, on all fours, is... The 
troll? What is that? It's supposed to be Bathsheba. Yeah, the demon. I don't know. Looks like Chloris Leachman <laughs> in a nightgown. Granny? She dives down on top of the oldest daughter. This is Andrea, I think. Or the little girl from The Exorcist. And at this exact time <laughs> is when Roger's getting home in his truck. So he comes into his wife screaming from right. the, the basement and his daughter's screaming from upstairs. What if he would have just heard that and just went and got right back in his truck? <laughs> yeah. And just drove off. <laughs> Guess I will take that second run. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it here so much. Um, go Lorraine on? then attends a. Um, is that her name? Is her name Lorraine too? Ooh, sorry, Lorraine. No. Carolyn then attends a presentation by the Warrens at a nearby college, um, where they're talking about um, possession and exorcism and all those things. She asks them. She stops them after the show at their car and asks them if they can um, come to her house because there's all these things happening there. And they're all very scared and they don't know what to do. I'll bet they got that all the time. Oh, I, I can imagine. It does show. I, it does. Uh, I thought it was good that it showed them taking another case earlier in the movie. Yeah. Um, where they very quickly debunked what was right. going on. These people were having sound. They were terrified because yeah. of these noises in their house. And they were uh, the Warrens found out that in their attic there were loose boards in the floor. And when those boards swelled from from rainwater, right, it was causing um, these these whistling. Humming noises Creaking. that were yeah, coming through the pipes. So that was to show that they're, you know. Right. Because a lot of this, this is. I think a right. lot of these paranormal investigations and things like that, it's. There's a rational explanation. Right. And, and I think they even say that most of the time it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what they allude to with Carolyn. Because you would imagine they would get constantly yes. hounded by people that either were completely making stuff up or thinking something was going on when it was nothing. You know, what would keep a person from making anything up is the price tag you put on it. If you, That's like, true. I made the joke about $2,000. Right. Is their going rate? I mean, you better really have a yep. problem if you're not. Come in there and tell you you got loose floorboards, it's going to cost you $2,500. Yeah. They can tell, so uh, Lorraine particularly can tell um, how sincere yeah. Carolyn is and how, how, how visibly scared shaken she is. Right. Yes. so they agree to, to come check things out she's a clairvoyant right, right. yeah i don't think we touched on that so yeah. ed is more of the uh the religious side he's not a right. priest but he's he's more of the scholarly religious studies right there you go right. thank you theology yeah, side i think right. and um lorraine is is she actually is they call her clairvoyance she sees things she's able right. to sense things and see things um, that normal people can't. Right. So they go to the house. They they meet the family. The family at this point has moved all of their things down onto the main level. They're all sleeping in the living room because they, they're just scared to sleep separately. Um, so they come in, um, start talking to the family, and there's certain things that tip them off pretty quickly that, yeah, this is not, you know, this is not normal. Our typical... Easily debunked situation. They say that there's there's a the clocks stop at three oh seven um, every night. There's a rancid smell that seems to come and go from different parts of the house, and it'll you know smell in one room and then just kind of go away on its own. And it's then the same around the house. Smell rotten smell is in another part of the house right. 
later and then it just goes away on its own and then the and then the pounding on the wall and the right. doors and boom, so boom, boom, ed explains boom, boom, boom. that often this smell can be accompanied by something demonic and then roger says um they have the doorknobs tied together yes, to a room and he says do you tie the doors off and roger says yes because otherwise we just keep hearing this knocking sound over and over again on the walls and the doors and he, he hits it three right. times and it says is it always come in threes roger says yes and Ed says that can often be an insult, used as an insult to the Trinity. And it stops at dawn. Yes, and he yeah. says, and then day, uh, it never happens during the day, only at night. I wish they would explain that a little bit more regarding how is that an insult. I mean, See, I get the Holy Trinity. I that's another thing I like about this movie and movies like this is it leaves a lot for you to figure out on your uh, on your true. own. Like it doesn't, you know, gift wrap it for you. I think a lot of movies these days feel like you have to hold your hand. Right. And they just like, oh, well, this happened because this happened and that happened because this happened. And if that hadn't happened, then this wouldn't happen. It's like you can just fill it in yourself. True. Your imagination is a lot of times scarier than what you can see. Uh, that is true, though. Um, Lorraine is seeing stuff in the house, particularly in the, I'll call it a cellar because I call it a cellar, but according to the Craig's definition, this is a basement. Oh, this wasn't my definition. This was Google's definition. And Google Lorraine never lies. is, is yeah, okay. very quickly realizing <laughs> that I think she says something horrible happened here. Right. Um, or she she doesn't say it to the family. She tells it to Ed. So they're looking around some more. There's a... We didn't talk about the tree out back. They live right next to a pond. And there's a, a tree right next to the pond that looks like it came out of the fiery depths of hell itself. You know, Agreed. When you're looking at... Kind of um, looks like the tree on Sleepy Hollow. It does. Yep. Yeah. Minus the leaking blood. Right. They, they have a pretty sweet setup. It's a nice house. Uh, oh, it's yeah. A, it's a nice house. And then on top of that, they have that pond out back. It's like, how much did you guys really pay for this place? Um, Even though they got it on auction. But I was, I was thinking about that. Yeah, apparently eight generations of families had lived and died in that house. Oh, well, we got to burn this place down. <laughs> well, that explains it. You're going to pay us to live here? Yeah. Uh, poisoning, two drownings, four men froze to death. What? Yep. Yeah, that's is more this than a real enough. place. Yep. In Connecticut. Yep. That is bizarre. Agreed. They froze to death. Yep. They should have put that in the movie. Just the history of the house. Just they, they just look like Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining. Lorraine does end up seeing. Uh, she talks to the youngest daughter in the music box. She shows her. Um, that she, um, she can see her her imaginary friend Rory in the I'm mirror fine. of this music box, and and Lorraine is actually able to see Rory, who's dressed like a pilgrim or yeah, is a pilgrim. Know. I don't understand this. I think it's I think he's supposed to be like from the eighteen yeah like like the late eighteen hundreds. Okay, okay, but, that makes a little yeah. bit more sense. They did still kind of dress like pilgrims back then. Um, he looked like he was like right off right off the boat. He just finished Thanksgiving dinner. Ed, <laughs> Ed and Lorraine decide to help this family. He says, what we think needs to happen here, we think that your house is, um, basically your house is possessed. And basically we need to perform an exorcism on your house. By burning it to the ground. So Roger and Carolyn say, well, well so should we just move? Should we leave? And they say this, no, because this will... It's attached itself to your family. Lorraine says, I've already seen a dark presence kind of attached to your family. She does see, too, um, in that creepy tree in the backyard by the pond. 
someone hanging there. No one else can see it, but no. it's part of her visions that she can see. You see, like, like from the shins down? Yeah, it's a woman that's hung yeah. herself there. So this is kind of setting the stage for the second and third act of the movie. This is where everything kind of... We're now to the main plot of this movie, which is Ed and Lorraine sort of moving in with the family to try. They said, to, in order to order an exorcism on your house or on anyone, we have to get a from the Catholic Church. Order an exorcism. I'm just sitting there thinking about ordering a pizza. It's like... Right. <laughs> Free right. I kind of get a pepperoni exorcism. Yeah, it's not yeah. thirty minutes. <laughs> free. Yeah. Um, in order to get the approval from the Catholic Church, they have to catch evidence, video, photograph, evidence of possession, in order to get the approval from the church. So right. they move in along with um, Drew, who helps the 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 Warrens. He's kind of the tech guy, right? Yeah. They set up cameras all over the house. Well, whatever the 70s version is of EMF detectors and right video cameras and Which, did motion, sh- motion capture. Literal bells and whistles. Yeah. Did yeah. it ever show any of the pictures that it took? Like, did we yeah. Ever, did, did it? Yeah. It, we see a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you mean in real life or in the movie? No, in, in the movie. I never. Yeah, we did see some. Um, but yeah, they are online too. You can see them. Oh, yep. Good. There is a. Uh, as they're kind of setting this up and doing the investigation, Carolyn and Lorraine are looking through old pictures, and there's a picture of the Perrin family on the beach, and Lorraine, uh, Carolyn talks about how this was the happiest day of her life with her family, and her kids and her husband were all so happy. Um, so this was a really good memory for her. That comes into play later. Mm-hmm. Um, during this time, and it, it, it jumps around a lot, but there's... Seemingly a little bit of tension within the Warren family. They do have a young daughter at home who they Just leave yeah, quite I'm, a bit, I think, during their investigations. Um, so that's a little bit of a strain for them. There was a, uh exorcism gone wrong, I guess, that really affected Lorraine at one point. I think Ed explains it to Roger at one point in the movie. He says, Lorraine is able to see things that other people can't see. And these things help other people, but it takes a little piece of her every time it happens. And a couple months ago, something happened during an exorcism that took a really big piece from her. So it really affects her health at times, even. I can imagine the mental and emotional strain that would put on you. Right. So he's constantly worried about Lorraine. He, He thinks they need to take a break from all of this. He's reluctant to help the parent family, but Lorraine insists, um, even though it's, it's kind of starting to affect her health, which is why Ed is so concerned about continuing to take cases. Um, then he mentioned like she was, uh, bedridden for eight days. Yeah. After this one, that, that one episode she had, she locked herself in her bedroom and didn't come out or talk to anybody for, for eight days. And he partied the entire time. <laughs> it was the yep. best eight days of his life. Peanut butter and pizza. <laughs> Why the peanut butter? Why so not? they do some research <laughs> on the house, and this is where they find out that in the, I don't know, the 1800s, a man and his wife built the house. The wife's name was Bathsheba. They had a child together, and when the child was seven days old, Bathsheba killed the child sacrificially. Jeez. 
She ran out to that tree by the dock, climbed up, proclaimed her love to Satan, cursed anyone who tried to take her land, and hung herself. Time of death was pronounced at 3.07 in the morning. Well, that explains a few things. Yeah. Good lord. And from there, they've looked into the history since that happened and... It's been subdivided? Yeah, the land, 200 acres, has been subdivided and many people that have lived on different sects of this land have been killed or killed themselves or right. had tragic things happen that to them. Horrible. So this is what they are tying back to all of the bad things that are happening here in the demonic presence. Back at the house, uh, well, one of the families that lived in the house was a mother who killed her son, Rory, which is the boy that the youngest parent daughter is become friends with and talking about. And she killed herself as well. So all of these are tied back to this Bathsheba woman who obviously dabbled in the dark arts Gosh, didn't it say like she was a descendant from someone from the Salem witch trials? Yes. Yeah. That was back in the 1600s, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. That's so like 200 years later. Marytown Esty. Okay. She was, yeah, Bathsheba Sherman was a relative of uh, Marytown Esty. That's a real person? Yes. wonder what her credentials are. Yes. <laughs> Who was hanged during the Salem witch trials. Oh, well, don't practice witchcraft. Yeah. yeah. Not that hard. Apparently she was floating on water. You have one job. Right. Yeah. Don't worship the devil. (laughs) She turned me into a newt. (laughs) So some of of these scenes give us a little bit of, uh, maybe it's a little bit of comic relief, I think. It just kind of helps ease the tension of the overall feeling of the rest of the film. You've got um, the, the tech guy for the Warrens. Um, Drew, kind of a police snarky. officer, comes to help them. Which Brad, uh, he's a skeptic. So you're the new cop, huh? Yeah. Which is the? Do they have a cop with them in the other movies? I don't think so. Okay, I just thought that was but odd. That they had a I think it's just officer. supposed to be somebody like that's in case they need to arrest the demon. <laughs> yes, he's got ghost cuffs. Right. Um. No, I think it's just supposed to be somebody from the town, like a, a person that's like kind of sworn in, like an official person. In and around this time, um, so they're kind of living with the Perrin family during all of this, trying to capture these things so that they can get permission to perform an exorcism on the house. The uh, uh, Carolyn goes upstairs to take a nap, and, um, well, long story short, she gets possessed. This is where she gets possessed. That's a bad day. She wakes up out of her sleep, and... Bathsheba, I guess we can call it now, appears over top of her and like vomits in her mouth. And yeah. vomits some kind of That's black disgusting. bile, blood looking stuff. That's usually what you see happen. Yeah. Like, what did you eat? <laughs> I mean it wasn't it wasn't as graphic as that probably sounds. It's pretty quick, but it's the idea is that she's now been possessed. Right. So she's pretty quickly starting to act kind of strange. Like you do when you're possessed by sure. a demon. Right. Um, She's like, oh, I can hear Ed and the kids. Yep, they start to capture stuff now. Brad, at one point, sees a woman who's killed herself, the ghost of the woman, apparently. So he goes from skeptic to firm believer pretty quickly. Yeah, it was like, she like slit her wrist or something, right? Right. Yeah, at one point, a door slams, and he's like, I think it was just a draft. Yeah. The youngest, no, the daughter that sleepwalks, she's being captured on the motion sensor cameras, um, walking up the stairs. In like a trance-like state. Right. Yeah. 
Roger wants to, to get her because he thinks she's sleepwalking, and Ed says, no, there's something with her. It goes upstairs, it goes into the bedroom, and they can hear another voice inside the room, which we find out is Rory. Mm-hmm. And he says, this is where I hide when I get scared. So they finally get into the room. They can't find her anywhere. It's in the oldest daughter's room where the armoire is at. They look inside the armoire. There's nothing in there. They find a secret compartment in the back of the armoire that slides open, and there's a hole in the wall, and the daughter is hiding back there. That's for bootleggers? See, that's, that's right. what I didn't get. That's why I was thinking the armoire was, like, installed. No, it's just pushed back against <laughs> the wall. There's a, the panel slides apart, and then in so the wall behind it. So just think of it as there's a hole in the wall. And then there's a false panel on the back of oh, the armoire. Okay. Right. So Lorraine goes back to explore it. She steps on, she finds a noose. Um, and she steps on a weak spot on the floor. She falls down to the basement. Yeah. Like 20 stories. Oh, yeah. Like. Well, 20 feet. All right. Yeah. yeah. 20 stories would be 200 feet. <laughs> yeah. That's a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> she fell to her death. Right. Yeah. Correct. So as they're scrambling so and trying to now. find her, she's in the basement and she sees a vision of Rory's mother holding Rory's dead body. And she keeps saying, she made me do it. She made me do it. What else happens here? And then she, she slowly turns. She sees Lorraine there and then she comes over to her and she said, is this where she said she made me do it? Yeah. Lorraine ends up getting out of the basement. Well, which shouldn't have taken that long. Right. You're in the basement. Just get out, run up the stairs. And how were, and why were they like, not able to find her. There's only one place she could have went. Yeah, she fell through the floor. floor right. She fell through means. the floor. Let's check the roof. <laughs> Is she outside? <laughs> She's playing Santa. She tells Ed, I know what's going on. I know what's happened now. So she is deduced um, that Bathsheba is possessing mothers and forcing them to kill their children. That is horrible. And then forcing them to kill themselves. And that's what Bathsheba is trying to do to Carolyn. The family leaves to go stay in a motel, even though I thought Ed was very clear that that's not going to do you any good. Um, Lorraine sees a vision outside of her daughter in the water, under the water. Um, So they rush back to the house because she sees this as a sign that something is going to happen to her daughter. This is now... Her daughter bought her yeah. a locket. Uh, there's two lockets. One the daughter has and one um, Lorraine has. And Lorraine loses her locket when she falls to the basement. So mm. the connection between the two lockets has now allowed the demon to start messing uh, with I wondered how that Ed and Lorraine's yeah, I, daughter. I was that's how too. I understood it. I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. that's right. Because it's a little bit confusing. They rush back to their house. During this time, um, it shows Judy, Ed and Lorraine's daughter... In bed at night, she gets pulled by the feet, just like um, the the parent daughter April was experiencing. No, not April. Yeah, Nancy. Either way, she gets up and uh, realizes the demon room in their house is open, which Ed has like padlocked shut. So, and again, why even? Have and the Annabelle room? doll is missing out of the glass case. So she. The lights start shutting off in the house, and it basically is kind of cornering her back in a room where I guess we're to assume this is Bathsheba sitting in a rocking chair. That's my understanding. Brushing Annabelle's hair. So it's my understanding that the priest missed his appointment. Yeah. And um, Annabelle's out. Which he's out back in the shed. How hard (laughs) is your job? They forgot to pay him. Oh, that's right. Yep. 
Checks in the mail. Yeah. So they get home just in time before um, Judy is attacked. They then get a call from Roger that Carolyn took two of the daughters and left. They don't. They, she took the car and left. So they realize she's going back to the house. At this point, Carolyn is completely possessed. So they're going back to the house. Lorraine is full on possessed and obviously she's going to sacrifice her daughters back at the house. Jeez. Bathsheba is controlling her to go back to the house. The youngest daughter is nowhere to be found and they get there just in time to keep Carolyn from killing the other daughter in the basement. They get control of her. It takes like three men to get control of her. They... Ed and Lorraine said, we have to go. We have to take her to the priest now to perform the exorcism. Ed says earlier in the film, only a priest with like years and years of training can perform an exorcism. He says, I've assisted with several, but I can't perform an exorcism myself. They try to get Lorraine or Carolyn out of the house to take her to the priest. As soon as they, as she like cross crosses the threshold of the door, her skin starts burning. Yeah. It looked like there was a, a rope. Around her neck. Not really. Yeah, like a a rope bird. Lorraine says Bathsheba's not going to let her leave. She'll kill her if we leave with her. So they have to take her back down. She gets drugged back down to the basement. So they run down to the basement, tie her to a chair. They cover cover her up with a sheet, and they tie her to a chair in the basement. Ed realizes he's going to have to perform the exorcism himself. I like how they took their time uh, in the sense of when she started being drugged. Drug across the floor. They right. just stare at her for a moment. A lot of things happen in this movie that they just watch happen to someone for a while before doing it. Right. Well, I think you kind of be like like I guess fight, it would be fight or flight or or freeze. To right. Rationalize what's happening. Yeah. You don't so see Ed's that every day. Performing the exorcism. Let's just say it's not going well. Yeah. Uh, Drew has the the two girls, and or he has the. Uh, the one girl and he goes, he puts her in the back of the car outside and goes in to find the younger girl. Um, Carolyn, she's even like her appearance has even turned into Bathsheba at this point. It doesn't right. yeah. look like Carolyn anymore. She's losing the fight. Oh yeah. Um, so you've got Brad, the police officer, Ed, Lorraine and Roger all trying to subdue this woman. Right. Yeah, she bites a chunk out of Officer Brad's cheek at one point. Oh, yeah. Ouch. Yeah, that was gnarly. Yeah. I would have been hard-pressed not to have tased her at that point. <laughs> I don't think they had a taser. <laughs> nope. She ends up levitating. Like, the chair ends up levitating and finally falling to the floor where it breaks. So, she's gotten loose. At this time, Drew ends up finding April, the youngest daughter. She's hidden in the, the passage behind the walls. And she's she's hiding basically under the kitchen floor because these tunnels lead kind of all over the house right. and through the basement. So there's access to them from the basement. And he yells down the stairs, hey, I found April. I found April. She's under the floor in the kitchen. He's he's using a crowbar to pry up the boards. And as soon as they hear this, Carolyn also hears this, or I should say Bathsheba at this point, hears this. And she takes off running into the tunnels behind the wall. So she's now going after the youngest daughter and they catch her just before she's able to sacrifice her. Yeah. Kill April. And let's see, Ed condemns Bathsheba back to hell. 
um, Carolyn, I guess, is fighting at this point to be normal again. Yeah, un- become unpossessed. Okay. And Lorraine reminds her of the the day that she was on the beach with her kids. So that comes back to play, and that ends up ultimately being what allows Carolyn to take back over her own body. And um, Bathsheba has left her at this point. Um, these kids are going to need some therapy. Oh, agreed. Yeah. And they're probably not going to look at their mother. I actually laughed at the end. So it's the next day. It's daylight uh, after they come up out of the basement. They walk outside and all of the the burns and marks and bruises on Carolyn disappear in the sunlight. She's like, she's apologizing to April, her daughter, who's like clinging onto her dad. (laughs) Like, yeah, don't touch me. Right. Yeah. Your relationship with your mother is not ever going to be the same. I bet they never backtalk her again, though. (laughs) I bet you they don't. Remember that time I almost murdered you and your sister? (laughs) With scissors? I wish you would. Do it. Yeah. Uh, Mom, I'm going to need about three or four years of extensive therapy before I feel comfortable hugging you again. (laughs) That relationship is shattered. Yeah. And then all the, the, uh, like, at the end, all the daughters show up and they're all hugging the mom. Yeah, everything's happy at this point. The Perrin family and the Warren family are all head-nodding each other from a distance. And the film ends with Ed taking the music box and placing it in his demon room at his house. Cursed item room. Yeah, what what did that... That wasn't causing anything sinister to happen, right? It was a symbol... I guess. I'm not sure. I didn't understand that part. I don't understand why he has that place in his house. I like this movie. I actually, I I did like this movie. And the the more times I've seen it, it's still, I mean, it still gets me. Even though I've, like, Craig, I've seen it several times. Yeah, I was, I I jumped a few times. Yeah. Thanks a lot, James Wan. (laughs) Back to our first cinema grades of season two. John Tell, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I'm going to give this about Five upright crosses. <laughs> oh, I'm glad they're upright. Yeah. Out of how many? Five. Oh, five, five out of five. five wow. Right? I go B plus. There were there were a couple things that plot wise didn't really add up to me. I didn't understand some of the aspects of possession. But I'm nitpicking. I'm nitpicking at that. I give this a good solid B plus. Not not my favorite horror movie. Um, but but certainly one that I can watch multiple times, obviously, and and still get be entertained. Yeah, be entertained. What's the uh, the grade between a B plus and an A minus? That's about where I'm at. Kind of right on the fence. Not yeah. quite up into the A range, but right. I mean, that's kind of real that's, close. Yeah, that's where I'm at yeah. with it. And it's it's not that there's anything wrong with it. I'm just, no. as you guys know, I'm notoriously picky with my grades. Right. This is a if you've not seen this and you're a horror fan, I mean, this is this is a, a this movie is one to certainly add to your watch list. Yeah, this is this is one definitely worth buying. Yeah, and this was, uh, in my opinion, the best of of the Conjuring movies so far. Yep, I agree. Um, and the other ones, some of the other ones were were pretty good. This one, right. this is a this is a good solid movie. Yep. Next week. Yeah. What? Uh, Next week we're continuing oops. our Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Follow us on Twitter to find out exactly which movie we will be covering. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Send us an email, scaredsmithlesspodcast at gmail.com for requests, comments, 
Uh, follow us on any of your listening platforms. We appreciate uh, listens and comments, but the best thing that you can do if you enjoy our podcast is to hit that subscribe button. Several people have. We're just waiting on you. Shout out takes to three seconds. Click on it. Yep. I know. This Click sh- a button. This episode. Took you will get updates. You will get notifications anytime we launch new content. Shout out to anyone that came to see us at the Skyline Drive-In. Yes. yes we Those good times. Yep. We will be back at the Skyline Drive-In for Drive-In Massacre. Oh, okay. I was like pandemonium or something. Yep. So come see us again. Requests. Let us know what you'd like to or hear us cover. Um, we'll be happy to consider it. I'll say that. Yes. We get some requests that I hate to tell you guys. Your opinion is valued. Twilight <laughs> it's, fans, it's no, not going to happen. No sparkly vampires. That's Shocking not scary. How many yeah. people Let's consider those horror movies? The Lost Boys or <laughs> with a vampire, which is super, <laughs> super man on man. It's kind of weird. I don't know what happened there. So until next time, as always, stay scared. Thanks for dropping by. See ya.